Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is the Balls Over the Top podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Collins. And I'm Michael Rock, and welcome to the show tonight. We got a lot of good stuff for you. We have some soccer news to talk about, uh, both in Europe and here in the MLS in the States. We have baseball winding down, hockey and basketball also winding down yeah, the way the more. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're actually finishing up. We're, we're getting close to crowning a champion. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. We have NFL football week one finishing up as we speak. We're in the middle of some of the Monday night games. Mm-hmm. But we're going to jump right into things as promised. We got Premier League football. Yeah, Premier League football kicked off this weekend. Uh, first week of the Prem. For most teams, a couple of the teams that had advanced European competition are getting a little bit of a break, getting mm-hmm. an extra week rest because they were playing a week later. Mm-hmm. But for all intensive purposes, the league started this week, and I gotta say there were some surprises. Yeah, it um, was a it was a it was a new it was a new season, new phases. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it wasn't that full of surprises. Most of the favored teams won. Uh, it started off Arsenal and Fulham getting the season started. Uh, Arsenal took a solid win there. Willian with three assists in the game. Yeah, don't even remind me. I know, I'm sorry. Don't even. Um, also, Liverpool-Leeds was a super exciting game. Mm-hmm. The defending champions started their title defense, and for a while it looked shady. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Leeds were really matching them step for step. Yeah, uh, I mean, a 4-3 result in that one, it's a close game. Yeah, it really came down to the wire, and, you know, things... Uh, Leeds equalized, made it 3-3 to pretty late in the game, and then it took a... Uh, Last minute, last minute or two, go-ahead goal for Liverpool Liverpool to secure the points. So that was fun to watch. And I, I got to say, the uh, the championship winners, the uh, Leeds are honestly, they're, they're, they're looking fun. Yeah, they're looking uh, they're, like... They're looking like they could be uh, here for a couple years. Yeah. Know, stick around for a bit. They could, uh, they could stay up. Um, um, Brentford played well, too. Yes. Yeah. Brentford played well. Uh, Leicester... Had a solid win this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, Newcastle had a solid win this week also. They did. Um, obviously, I got to talk about my boys. Yes. Uh, Chelsea. Happened today. Honestly, two of my favorite teams. Uh, the Wolves started off the day with a pretty dominating 2-0 win over Sheffield United. You know, I'm curious if Sheffield is going to revert back this season. Uh, a little they bit. definitely overperformed last year. They finished 7th. Really solid defense, really great goaltending. They were a lot of fun to watch last year. It wouldn't shock me if they go back down this season or if they struggle. They, they might stay up, but I don't see them finishing top ten. No. No, they didn't really bring in a lot of new talent. And, uh, you know, they played a very defensive style last year. And the thing about defensive tactics is there are constantly people trying to learn how to break them down. And so without the scoring to back it up. I even think we saw their wheels kind of start to fall off the bus there following the restart. Mm-hmm. But I want to talk about my boys at Chelsea for a minute. Yes, The new do. toys that they had out, the new talent that they had, Kai Havertz, Timo Werner. Oh, boy, were they fun to watch. Uh, a 3-0, or 3-1 win, rather. It should have been 3-0, but... The other headline out of this game is they still really need to fix their goaltending problem. Yeah, Kepa still doesn't seem like he's ready to take on the Premier League each week. And uh, if he's not ready to take on the Premier League, that doesn't bode well for uh, European contests no, either. No, team that's trying to compete for the top four, uh, trying to compete at some point in the near future for the league. I mean, we didn't see Hakeem Zayek play today. We did not see Ben Chilwell play today. We didn't see Thiago Silva play today. No, not yet. Uh, Christian Pulisic is still injured. So, I mean, this is just even a glimpse at maybe what some of the potential could be for this team, and it was exciting. Uh, I'm really excited. A a solid, sound 3-1 victory over Brighton. Again, the only question mark, Kepa led in a goal that a top-flight keeper stops. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but it was awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited for the Premier League to be back. 
Now, you, uh, your team, it seems like, is going to be getting back into action this weekend. Yes, Bundesliga starts up this weekend. Uh, it's very exciting. Um, I, I, always, I always like the Bundesliga season. Uh, we had a little preview today because we had the Pokal Cup. Um, Dortmund took a resounding 5-0 win. We love to see it. Getting uh, getting the youth involved, getting uh, some of the, the new players involved is always good early in the season. Uh, kind of give them a little run of form early. Now, and if you don't know the answer to this off the top of your head, that's totally cool. But do you know, is this the normal timeline for when this cup final is played? Do they normally play it right at the start of the season? Because I know a lot of domestic cups will do that. Or is this still on delay from the COVID-19 season? I mean, it seems like this would be a normal schedule considering the Bundesliga wrapped up a significant amount earlier than the other domestic leagues. So this is a round one victory. Okay. Oh, so this was, oh, I thought this this was the final. No, this is early. This is over a third, it's over a third division side, but uh, it's, it's good to see. It's just good to have them playing uh, Jude Bellingham, a a 17 year old, uh, formerly of uh, Birmingham City. Uh, came on a transfer. He uh, he scored on his debut too. Um, it's always it's always fun to see the uh, the Dortmund talent pipeline getting started. Uh, another young player who uh, looks promising, looks to be a pro- prolific uh, attacking force. Yeah, I mean they're one of those unique teams in Europe where they are both a pipeline and a feeder club. Almost they bolt they take in a lot of youth talent. They really, you know get them ready for top flight football and then they sell them a lot no i know but what i mean is like they're constantly molding players who are inexperienced into experienced starting caliber players and able to make a good amount of money doing so yeah Uh, kind of like the teams like i said i mean there are teams that are strictly pipeline clubs uh, but dortmund is a pipeline club while still competing for some of the top trophies available mm-hmm. to them every season yeah no and i mean that that's what makes them a fun club for me to watch we also we had a we had a fun little dust-up happen in the french league this week yeah uh well first of all psg losing to Marseille, dropping their first two games of the season which is crazy it's unprecedented uh, you know last season they lost three games the whole year uh the year before that their losses were also in the single digits and it's crazy that they've already dropped their first two i mean that's you know they're they're it's crazy if they lose four or five in a season let alone the first two yeah but aside from that an ugly brawl a lot of players five straight reds given out in injury time i mean the cards were given out in the 97th minute um Five red cards, straight red cards, uh, a ton of yellows, like a couple, over a dozen yellows. I yeah, think they a whole bunch. Um, some, I think some of those reds were on double yellows, but I think the game ended with with five reds that were just straight ones, and then a couple of the other ones were. So it was a it was a wild wild brawl to see it finish. But yeah, a struggling PSG at a time where they you know they have pretty much their uh their healthiest lineup available to them i mean still no kelly and mbappe um he's still uh, if i'm not mistaken i still i think he's recovering from covid symptoms um but yeah i mean pretty crazy um you know they still had they still had neymar in they still had angel di maria's uh sarabia herrera guy or idrisa gay uh, Marco Verratti. I mean, they still had a team full of talent, mm-hmm. and uh, it was pretty crazy. Um, so, coming out of it after the fact, uh, apparently Neymar, who's maybe you know one of the three, four most famous soccer players in the world, was claiming he was racially abused, and that that's what led to a lot of his reaction, or one could say overreaction, during the brawl. Um, but both clubs are, are sticking their players. Uh, the accused party, uh, is claiming there was no such statements made. Uh, all of his teammates, manager, and the organization of Marseille is coming out and saying, 
they totally back their player. He would never say anything like that. There's no way he said it. And yet, Neymar's full-fledged uh, said his, his only regret was that he didn't punch him in the face. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, PSG and all of the, uh, the team and every officials there are all backing his side of the story. So it's going to be interesting to see how... Uh, how if, if FIFA or UEFA end up having any input on this, or if it's just going to be up to the French Football Federation, and if they're going to be making the deciding judgment, the deciding factor. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of times when you see domestic disputes in the Premier League, uh, you know, the FA, the Football Association, steps in and yeah, and, and levies a judgment, and that's probably what we at least hope we see here. We hope we see the investigation. Get completed in uh, in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, get, I mean, get there, a judgment out and there's no room for racism in the sport anywhere. But there's also no room for the behavior that we saw on the sideline there. I mean, while it makes entertaining sport for us and it's something for us to talk about here. Yeah. Obviously, you know, there's no room for it in the sport. Yeah, it's kind of a dumb waste of time. And yeah. yeah, as interesting as it is to see in the moment, when you look back on it, everybody just kind of looks. Well, and silly. you're going to see you're going to see major suspensions going out, like a straight red to Neymar. Even if there was racial abuse, it wouldn't justify his behavior. It's so I couldn't rescinded. imagine them rescinding the red card. No. So you're going to have some of the most talented players in the world missing games, mm-hmm. which is what you're paying them for. Exactly, it's what the fans want to see. Yeah, and so yeah, it's just uh, you know, like I said, there's no room for it. And but also especially there's no room for racism, and if he was found guilty, uh, if there were in fact racist remarks made, then um, then you know hopefully there would be a suspension in line there, and also all actions would be followed up on in that sense. So um, moving uh, domestically. Mm-hmm. The MLS uh, just announced their second phase of the restart plan as the uh, as the first phase was just, like I said, first phase finished up, the Union had a solid win, and uh, the second phase is about to start up. Looks like the Union are going to be playing uh, a game up north. Uh, they have some games up in Canada coming up, but in general, the MLS restart has been going unbelievably successful. Columbus has maintained their dominance, getting a solid draw this week, and yeah, it's just been good. It's been good to watch. Uh, L.A. Portland was a phenomenal game last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, L.A.F.C. won four to two. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's just been some great matches. Yeah, all over the place, and it's good to see the MLS thriving. Yeah, uh, it's been good. Uh, NYCFC uh, unbeaten in five straight, following a win over Cincinnati. Uh, they haven't been conceding many goals. They've been playing good defense. It's led to them having a lot of success. Um, a little team team faltering this year, which is a little bit unexpected considering how well their season was going last year. But uh, Atlanta uh, continuing to struggle, continuing to not uh, put goals forward. Uh, tough results for the club. Well, and I tell you right now, I mean, the Philadelphia Union are also, I'd say, you know, one of the best teams in the league, I mean, they're second. Uh, they're second in the conference right now, behind only Columbus, and yet, uh, actually, they're second in the entire MLS. I should yeah. say, uh, you know, because the Western Conference, Sporting Kansas City, sitting only at twenty points. So, you know, and our upcoming matches are against the Montreal Impact, who are not a good team. Not great. Uh, FC Cincinnati, which is. Not a great team. No. Nope. And then it's going to be Inter-Miami, which that one could be a little bit tougher, especially considering uh, Gonzalo Higuain's expected to be integrated into the club by then. Yeah, and the highest paid player in MLS. highest paid player in MLS. Blaise Matuidi also on that team. They have that Juventus connection. Uh, it's That could be a tough one, but mm-hmm. we're looking at... And even then, that's not guaranteed. No, because Miami we have a very good... Crazy. And we've got a very good counterattacking side. Yeah, and so... Um, there's a chance we could finish the season with the supporter shield, the 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 first piece of silverware that would be in their trophy case, which would be fun. Be a lot of fun. Um, but Remember we'll the see. playoff run last year was a lot of playoff fun. Playoff run last year was a lot of fun. We went to uh we went to our, our last home game, uh mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun. So, you know, there there's 
it's exciting that the MLS was able to do this right. They don't have the resources at their disposal. Um, that the other major leagues that the, the other have, major yeah. leagues have. They don't have the television revenue no. that the other major leagues have, and they've been putting out arguably the best product, arguably the best product out of anybody. Definitely and one of so, the most consistent. Yeah. yeah, so that's been great. Um, super excited about that, and. I'm sure we're going to have more to come on that as the season, you know, and the last couple phases of the restart plan start to come into fruition. Definitely, definitely. Uh, but we can take it stateside now because we've got plenty of sports here to talk about. Yes, we do. Um, we could kick it off. Why don't we kick it off with the NBA? We'll talk about how our NBA teams are faring as we uh, as we get close to wrapping up the uh, the conferences. Yeah. So. Uh, well, the Rockets and Lakers series wrapped up as we had anticipated, and Lakers kind of cruising through that. I don't want to say with ease. Uh, the Rockets did snag their game there and were a couple of tough, tough matches, but big news I think coming out of that is Mike D'Antoni is not going to be re-signing with the Rockets. So we have all that star power there. They experimented with the small ball. They ship off Chris Paul. They bring in Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now just Mike D'Antoni's. That's it. Yep. Uh, I'm curious if that team kind of falls apart or who they bring in to kind of pick up the pieces there. And here's a question. Which head coaching job is more attractive? Yeah. Uh, before this, you know, still. I imagine the Sixers thought they were maybe the bell of the ball. Uh, with two all-stars on the team, three if you're counting Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, I don't know, having the chance to go to Houston, a team that's had you know, a lot of success recently. Mm-hmm. They have Ronald Covington, or Robert Covington, rather. They have Russell Westbrook. They have James Harden. They've got some real pieces there. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, both of these jobs... Um, are are fairly attractive. Uh, I think the uh, Rockets might even just have a slight edge, only because they didn't fire the last guy. So it's not like you know they uh, are going to have like the same you know type of search where you're you had a guy and you you know you had to let him go. He was under contract, dealing with that whole separate situation in addition to. Uh, into picking a new coach, um, and and the Sixers could be up for an entire system change. So top to bottom, that could mean big changes. Uh, but this, I don't. This Rockets job looks pretty nice. I mean, you definitely have the pieces to contend deep into a season, but you're also then playing in the West. So I don't know if that makes a difference for coaches. I feel like I, you know, but it it, it could be a difference maker in in how these coaching jobs fall. Yeah, and, uh, you know, obviously the Western Conference is a little bit more competitive. So you would have that going. You know, a coach would have the option to take over the Sixers and immediately have a top three roster in the Eastern Conference. Possibly. Generally, it's kind of consensus for top three or four. You know what I mean? So you're immediately competing in the upper half of the playoff-bound teams where... In the Western Conference, that's not the case, especially you imagine Golden State next year is going to have a healthy Steph Curry and a healthy State or Clay Thompson, and they're going to get pick. the second overall pick in the draft, yeah. and a healthy Draymond Green, and if I'm not mistaken, isn't DeMarcus Cousins? Is he still under contract there? I don't know. I how think that's he working. resigned there after the injury. I could be wrong, but yeah, I think he resigned there after I, the injury. I didn't remember how that was working. And so that team could be really scary. Um, they also brought in. They, they. I mean, in general, they've just been a they've just been a talented team the last several years, mm-hmm. and I imagine they're going to be immediately rebounding into the upper half of the playoff conversation in the western conference and so you wonder with teams like the nuggets getting better with teams like the jazz getting better where are the rockets going to fall on this equation yeah it's it's getting tough you almost feel like they're aging out a little bit yeah um 
but we've got we've got a game seven happening. Yeah, the other the other matchup here in the West Coast, the LA Clippers against the Denver Nuggets has gone to a game seven, which is crazy after the three one deficit, and then a double di- significant double digit deficit. I think it was like nineteen points in game five. Denver came back, forced a game seven, and, and then they're doing it again, which which is. Uh, or sorry, they came back, forced a game six, and then they did it again, down like 15 points in game six to force a game seven. And I gotta say, I've been saying all week, the Celtics or no, the Celtics, the Clippers were a shoe in to win this series, and I, I'm not so sure. No, you, uh, it, it's definitely shaking the uh, the confidence a little bit. Uh, Jokic and uh, and Murray have both been fantastic for Denver this series. Um, really come alive in the uh, in the ends of the uh, last two games. Um, it, it leads to an exciting game seven. You know, with last year's uh, one of last year's champions, Kawhi Leonard, facing off against them. Yeah, and and I gotta say, uh, I think credit needs to be given. Nikola Jokic is one of the best passing players that we'll ever see. I mean, he's yeah, a dominant, yeah. dominant defensive and offensive big. But his touch on these passes, I mean, he might be the the greatest passing big man we've ever seen. Yeah, the greatest passing and, forward we'll probably see in our lifetimes for well, he's sure. He's a center. Um, oh, he, forward he, center. Yeah. He's a, yeah. I mean, but he's. I mean, he, he he plays the center spot, but he he's essentially a power forward. And um, definitely credit due there. Now on the Eastern Conference. We have a bit of a surprise in my mind, or at least a lot of people probably didn't see this coming. Not out of the realm. No. Well, I yeah, think the Heat kind of are. Yeah, I was going to say the Heat definitely are a shock. The Boston's not as big of a shock, but the Eastern Conference Finals starting up. Uh, game one coming up tomorrow night. Um, both of these teams, I would say, are a shock. I think most people had some combination of the Raptors, Bucks, Sixers in the preseason. Yeah. Making it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And then, especially since the restart, maybe Boston, because they really have been playing hot. They were good, yeah. But, wow, Miami came from out of nowhere, and Jimmy Butler has been playing like a man possessed. And I'll tell you, that's the team I'm rooting for. I want Miami to win another ring. Yeah, uh, I'm, and I'm kind of on board with that. I mean, I just don't like the Celtics. They're, you know, kind of the... Uh, the Sixers rival, uh, a lot of bitter playoff series, so it's just easy to kind of root against the Celtics, and uh, it's also kind of in the in the Sixers world, Jimmy Butler is some some see him as a villain, but he was kind of right, man. Uh, this this team was supposed to be built for championships, and he realized it wasn't going to happen here. Went and got paid in Miami, and well, yeah, it was also the money. It yeah, was definitely I, the money. If we oh, weren't yeah. going to give him the money, which by the way. I would much rather have Jimmy Butler than Tobias Harris, Harris and yeah. Al Horford. No. I would trade the two of them for yeah. Jimmy Butler tomorrow. Yes. Um, so I get it. Um, but, yeah, I'm rooting for Miami. They're a fun team. They were one of my original favorite teams back in 2006 when they won the championship with Shaquille O'Neal and Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Was... You know, first ever NBA jersey I ever owned was a Shaquille O'Neal Miami Heat jersey. That's a, um, that's a nice one, man. Yeah, and so... Big deal. Uh, I, you know, I like the Heat. Uh, this game, this series should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I like fresh blood in the NBA, even though I wouldn't argue that either of his teams are really fr- fresh blood. I mean, since the year 2000, they're both in the top, you know, yeah. four probably with NBA championships. You probably look at it's, I'm just going off the top of my head here, but there's probably Golden State, the Lakers, the Heat, and the Celtics are probably the foremost amount of championship. Oh, and maybe the Spurs. I, I you know Spurs and, and Greg Popovich is when, when yeah, LeBron, but, was there. LeBron has only won one or two with Cleveland. Yeah, he, he hasn't. You know. No, I'm just saying. Like, but I'm saying they're won, up there. He yeah. won one with Cleveland. Did he win one? He just won one with Cleveland. Yeah. Okay. And so. But even so, like, and because remember that was their first championship since, bleh, since yeah, whenever it was you Cleveland's know. only. Um, thing to and celebrate. so yeah, uh, I mean. Boston had the run with the big three. Yeah. Uh, the Jesus Lakers. Shuttleworth. Yeah, the Lakers had all the success with Kobe. Uh, the Spurs had the pop, the Greg Popovich era with the big three down there: Duncan. Ginobili, Duncan, yeah. Tony Parker, 
And so, you know, these aren't fr- fresh blood in that sense, you know, but they're, it's it's not what everybody was expecting. No. It's not falling into the line of, you know, the NBA has no parody, the NBA has no, you know, talent distribution. No surprises. Yeah, we're seeing two surprise teams here in the East, even if the West is shaping out exactly how everybody thought. For that reason, I'm rooting for Denver in the West. Yeah. Even though I, I really don't want the Lakers in the finals, and I think the Clippers have a better chance of preventing the Lakers from going to the finals. Yeah. But I, if I could choose anybody, I wish it would be Denver, Miami, and then whoever wins, I'm happy with. Yeah, but, whoever wins, um, that's that's cool. You know, but we'll see. Uh, this series should be a ton of fun to watch, though. We got Game Seven tomorrow night. We have on Tuesday. We have Game One of Miami, Boston tomorrow night, Tuesday. Good day for NBA tomorrow. Oh, Even absolutely. if you're not a diehard fan, it's worth tuning into. But with that, why don't we scoot on over to the ice? Um, the NHL playoffs are starting to wrap up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Western Conference Finals, uh, I guess we can kick things off with. Um, the Dallas Stars are currently up three games to one, but in this exact moment of podcast recording, Vegas has a 2 nothing lead in the third period, so still a lot of time left. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at the very start of the third period. Puck just dropped, but... It's going to be exciting to see a lot of these series get uh, get extended. We saw it last round. Remember, a bunch of 3-1 series, many of whom ended up even in Game 7s. Um, it's exciting uh, that Vegas is putting up a little bit of a fight here. Again, don't want to uh, speak too soon, especially the way Dallas's offense has just been explosive these playoffs, and they've been kind of able to just score at will. Um it's cool to see that this game might be going, or this series might be going to a game six. Yes, um, and you know the other the other series uh, back in the East, we have the Lightning uh, with a three one lead on the Islanders. Islanders took uh, game three, five to three, but they uh, they lost game four four to one. So uh, we got. Islanders Lightning tomorrow. Yeah, another three one series. Uh, that one, you know finally stopped betting against the lightning it looks like they're going to take this one even though and i really do think the islanders kind of used up the gas they had left in the tank against the flyers yeah uh they're a they're a gritty grinding team and that was a gritty grinding series had they finished us off in five yeah this might be a this little might bit closer. Be a closer series but i think the fact that that one dragged on seven and that tampa was really the only team that Got through. Got through last series yeah. easily. The amount of rest that Tampa had and the amount of physical and emotional energy that the uh, Islanders had to drain, I just don't know if I see them being able to really claw themselves back in this one. No, it looks it looks um, it looks like well, it looks like tomorrow could wrap it up. You know, nothing certain, nothing set in stone, but. It's 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 closer. It's looking closer to ending in Game Five than it is to uh, going to Game Seven. Yeah, I mean, you'd be losing a lot of money if you were betting on teams to close out three-one series in these playoffs in, That's true. in either side in the NBA or the NHL. So it should be fun to watch. Um, I'm excited to see if uh, if Vegas can get themselves back into this series. I mean, I think player for player, Vegas has the most talented lineup left in the NHL playoffs, and so. It's going to be interesting to see how that wraps up. Uh, I think there's more of an opportunity for those here. You know, both of these teams are coming off of Game 7's last round. Um, you know, or rather, I should say, seven-game series last round. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked to see this momentum in the, uh, the momentum in that series continue to be a little bit more fluid, and that one maybe, maybe stretch out a little bit longer. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me. Which, again, could compound the amount of rest and freshness that Tampa has uh, yeah. in the finals if everything plays out how we're anticipating. How so. we're forecasting. Yeah, so why don't we make our way over to the Diamond? Yeah, oh yeah. Um, baseball to talk not about. A, yeah, there, there's a couple exciting things going on in baseball. Uh, you know, it'll get a lot more exciting in the next few weeks. We're wrapping up the last couple weeks of the season right now. Um you know, trying to try, you know, a couple teams trying to squeeze their way into the expanded playoff field. You know, for teams like the Phillies, these next few weeks are crucial. But for teams like the Dodgers, they're just kind of sitting in cruise control 
easing their way into the playoffs. Try and keep everybody healthy. And... Exactly. I mean, it, it, this was a lot more of a sprint mm-hmm. as opposed to the normal season, which Definitely. is a marathon. And so, you know, there ends up being a uh, there ends up being a different attitude, a different mindset, and a different method of player management. Because also baseball, you got to stay consistent. I mean, playing every day, you don't want to be giving players too much time off, hitting rhythms, defensive cues, pitchers staying hot and staying focused and staying you know effective. All of these things, it's a new experience. So. Uh, other than that, though, there are a couple headlines. Uh, Albert Pujols just hit his 660th home run. Yeah. Tying him for fifth on the list with Willie Mays. Yep. What a beast. I yeah. mean, are we going to see? Is he the most prolific hitter of our lifetime? I mean, there was A-Rod, but he juiced. Yeah. Nobody's ever been, at least, to, and I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say our, my, our lifetime, because we were born in the early 90s, so mm-hmm. technically we lived through the height of juiced baseball, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the, the, McGuire, home, the Maguire, Sosa, Barry Bonds, you know yeah. what I mean? But as far as there's never been, he's got nothing but a clean slate, pretty likable guy. Yeah. But that's aside the point. Nothing but a clean slate. There has been no black marks on his record, no suspensions for any form of drugs, blah, 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 blah anything like that. Um, is he... You know, especially with longevity, is he the best hitter we're going to see? He, I mean, if you if you're counting longevity into the argument, he's uh he's definitely going to be up there. Uh, it's really it's hard to pick kind of against him as far as uh power hitters that have had staying power in their career. Uh, yeah, Peel's Peel's synonymous with uh hitting big time shots. Um, so it's, it's yeah, and, nice and to I see mean, his success. I feel like he's kind of fallen off the map a little bit ever since he went to the Angels. Uh, you know, he won that big, huge, pretty much carried the the Cardinals to not one but two World Series championships, and was still in his prime. I mean, we're talking more than ten years ago now, or, or mm-hmm. about ten years ago for some of these. But I mean, I'm just reading these off real quick. I just pulled these up. I mean, he's a lifetime. 299 hitter so a 300 hitter that's crazy yeah for a home run guy yeah, 660 guy. home runs for a power guy i mean he played a decade on the cardinals and he's probably going to end up with a decade on the angels 10-time all-star two-time world series champion three-time nl mvp he won rookie of the year two-time gold glove award winner i mean he led the league in home runs uh the the nl in home runs twice Led them in RBIs, like, I mean, the guy he's won the Hank Aaron Award, which yeah, I mean, is like the Good Guy Award. Yeah, he's, you know I, mean, I mean, he like he's he's the you know the easiest Hall of Famer probably to call. It, like it's not even it's not even a contest whether he's getting over three thousand. There's no hits. question. Yeah, like he's I mean he's he's one he's one of the greatest ball players, uh, you know, of our of our young generation. Um. He could be one of the best we'll see for a long time. You never know how baseball goes. Yeah, I mean, baseball is one of those sports. It's not often you get a guy breaking up into the top five of statistics like that. No, I mean, especially with how game. long it's been going on. Yeah, and you know, I know the game has become so much more about home runs, and, and so we're seeing more home runs than ever, and we're also seeing, you know, what I mean, more the game engineered towards it. But yeah, it's a uh... Uh, no, uh, when somebody somebody does this well for this long, has this much continued success, it's uh, it's nice to see. But with uh, Puyos, it's it's really not surprising. Um, the other big news coming out of baseball: billionaire Steve Cohen, uh, the Co- one of the Cohen brothers, uh, looks like is going to be buying the New York Mets, at least a majority share, uh, you know, ownership. There were some talks at one point that. A-Rod and J-Lo were in on the bidding, a couple of other substantial celebrity names that maybe would be a little bit sexier for the league, for marketing, for fans, for things like that. Uh, instead, it goes to an old white guy, yeah. um, which is, uh, you know, which is whatever. I mean, you know, it's still, got, it's still pending board approval, but uh, or league approval, where I think, like, 23 or more of the owners need to verify it yeah but 
it doesn't seem like there'd be any issue. They they all see the dollar signs, yeah. and you know it's going to be for probably a record price. Mm-hmm. And whenever a team sells for a record price, that brings the value of all the other teams up. Every time a team sells, all of the te- it's for a record amount, pretty much. Yeah. So in the big four, at least, mm-hmm. and so. You know, the league, uh, I don't see any reason this wouldn't go through. Um, not really not really sexy news, not really exciting news, but, but you know. It, you know, the Mets have been a team that have been plagued with mediocrity for a long time. Um, so if you, if you get new ownership in and you get new branding in, you get a, uh, a team that's hopefully revitalized with a little bit of a new vision that's ready to take on some new challenges. Uh, it's, I mean, it's good for baseball in general. Uh, it's good to have good baseball in New York twice over, have both the Yankees and the Mets playing well because of how big of a market New York is. Uh, it matters. It's important. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see uh, how the sale goes through. I'll be excited to see the number. Uh, it's going to be It's going to be a big big uh big sum of money coming through uh but yeah um and the other the other exciting piece of news is uh cubs alec mills tossed a no hitter against the milwaukee brewers uh you know not huge um but no hitters are always exciting uh 12 nothing victory by the Cubs, and so... Yeah, he had the run support that game. Yeah, he had the run support. Uh, what is needed was his only his 15th career start, and so this is a guy 28 years old. It's only his 15th start. It means he's probably a little bit more of a journeyman, a little bit more... You know what I mean? Yeah, like, he's, he wasn't he's been through hot, the system. He wasn't this hot shot prospect that was coming up to, you know what I mean, take over the rotation. This is a guy that, like, you know... Uh, the kind of guy you root for, you yeah. know? And and so these kinds of things, you know, they make baseball exciting, a uh, sport that kind of lacks some excitement in some ways. Yeah. Um, when you add the storyline of, you know, a, a no-hitter or a cycle, it, it makes the it makes the games a little bit more interesting. Adds a little bit of excitement. Yeah, uh, one thing that I saw was interesting when I was reading up on this story before the show was... Uh, the manager, David Ross, which it's crazy that there were this many people, but he was the 11th person to be both a catcher for a no-hitter and then the manager during a no-hitter, which is crazy to me that there would be 11. That yeah. seems like the type of stat where they'd be like, he's the first or the second, you know, like like yeah. 11. Are there that many catcher? Ma- is catcher a position? It would make sense, I honestly. mean, they are tactical. They're, they're the guys who were kind of calling a lot of the shots. A little bit of a quarterback of the... Uh, of the defense. Yeah. But that just seemed like a crazy high number. You know, it's one of those weird kind of wacky... We, you know what I think it is? I think it's because, you know how catch, catchers are always crouching, right? They're just naturally better at that, like, manager position where they're, like, crouching on the dugout steps. They're physically more, yeah, it's they're more phys- natural? It's the, it's the physical prowess of the catcher's body that makes them uh, good managers. So they can keep the pose, because that's hard. Keeping that pose for, like, nine innings of work takes some practice. This is a terrible joke, by the way, so we can keep on moving. Yeah, uh, just for note, uh, David Ross was the catcher for Philadelphia Phillies pitcher Jake Arrieta's yes. no-hitter. Now, he wasn't a Philadelphia Phillies pitcher then. He was yeah. on the Cubs and actually good. Yeah, he was a much better pitcher. But, um, you know, shout-out to Jake Arrieta. Yeah. He threw a no-hitter one time. Jake. At least, yeah. Jake's so uh former glory. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, moving on from baseball, uh, you know, as the playoffs come into, as the playoff picture gets a little bit clearer in the next week or two, we'll have a little bit more stuff on the actual standings and the gameplay going on. But right now, with everything going on in the other sports, baseball kind of just feels like it's long for the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving into, it was the bell of the ball this week. Oh, was well, well, it's the bell of the ball for the next doing. sixteen weeks, yeah. really. The NFL came back. Sure did. And boy, was it great to see. Oh, it was um, great having NFL football. Yeah. Uh, started off Thursday night. 
for anybody that listened, we uh, we did and will continue to be doing a special NFL preview and assessment show every Thursday yep. as we get preview the games coming up and, and give you recap, our picks. give you our picks and our analysis, and then we recap. Uh, we'll have a little bit of recap of what happened, but you know, just to touch on some major talking points from this week. Um, Philadelphia Eagles to start off with our home team. What a disappointment. They blew a 17-point lead to the Washington football team. Yep. Um, and really, the offensive line looked atrocious. Carson Wentz had no time. Even then, Carson Wentz, you know, I see these other quarterbacks and their offensive line collapses and they just throw the ball away. Carson Wentz seems like he has too much of a Brett Favre streak in him and, and wants to make every play a highlight and wants to try and duck, dip, dodge, and weave out of all of the different, you know, defensive linemen getting through. I'm just holding on to the ball for a really and long period of time. taking so many sacks or rushing into turnovers and heaving yeah. it up into coverage. Throw the ball away, take an incompletion, yeah. and live to fight another down. Yeah, try um, and win the ground game. You have a, you have a defense that has a you know, has a pretty good, at least, interior rush. You would hope that you can uh, at least win the battle of attrition. Exactly. Field position. And, and you know your running backs are banged up, and they that worsened during the game. But, you know, Doug should th- call some screens, call some pitches, call some misdirection. You have yeah. all this speed on the outside. Last few years, we don't have anybody decent, and yet we're trying to run end-arounds with Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. It's like now we have Jalen Rieger, Deshaun Jackson's healthy, and all this speed, supposedly. And all our downfield and, looks were not coming together. Yeah, and so uh, they better figure it out. Yeah. Um, but moving on, uh, another huge loss uh, for uh, a favorite that really dropped the ball. The Indianapolis Colts lost to Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, we saw briefly... This was a major loss for Vegas for a lot of suicide pool players. Uh, you know, with the Jaguars, as we talked about last week, kind of looking like they're in tank mode. Yep. Uh, sending away a lot of talent. Sending away a lot of talent. Wow, they came to play. I mean, Gardner Minshew kind of has that knack. I noticed it last year. He's the type of guy that you're kind of never quite out of the game. He's always no. doing just enough to keep the game in striking distance, and they delivered uh, a disappointing opening to the Indianapolis Colts chapter of Philip Rivers era, uh, of Philip Rivers' career. And big injury to Marlon Mack, torn Achilles tendon out for the season. That's going to have big fantasy football implications for people and big implications on that offense. Yeah, no, I mean, he's he's definitely a, uh, if not a a focal point, definitely a a utility piece that they like to... uh, they like to use for a lot of different things. He's he's good out the backfield, catching out the backfield. He's a good he's a good runner. He can even block pretty well on passing plays. So losing Marlon Mack is a significant significant loss for them. Um, we also had uh, the start of the Burrow era in uh, Cincinnati. Well, not in Cincinnati, but uh, Cincinnati's season start. Joe Burrow. Played pretty well against a uh, a Chargers side that is now kind of reshaping, uh, but they it was it in Cincinnati. I think it. I think it was been. in Cincinnati because I think they debuted that new SoFi Stadium. They did on Sunday night. They did, and so I I think it actually was a Cincinnati home I think game. It was I, I mean, but yes. So the Joe era era in Cincinnati in Cincinnati did start. It was a. It was a good game. It came down to the very last, uh, very last play where Randy Bullock uh, appears to injure himself trying to uh, trying to take the kick. And regardless, it misses wide. Time expires. Cincinnati falls to the uh, also kind of rebuilding Chargers in a uh, 16-13 loss. Yeah, I mean. Tell you what, that game was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, Joe Burrow was entertaining. I mean, a really entertaining 23 or 26-yard scramble for a touchdown in the first half. Showed his athleticism there. He had a couple of dimes. Uh, he was th- had a couple of uh, really impressive NFL quarterback, elite NFL quarterback-style passes. 
Um, another positive out of that game was A.J. Green. A.J. Green looked like A.J. Green of old. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was sharp. He was dominant, you Catching would say. He was open. Edge. He was open like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool to see him back after something like, I mean, he's missed like a year and a half. Yeah, yeah been... they were saying that it was just like, totally off here, I'm spitballing, but like, it was his first game since like week six of like 2018. Yeah, it's been a long you know time what I mean? since and he's so, been relevant, really. Um, what I will say is this, that Chargers team, although they got a solid win, seemed a little bit uninspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not be shocked to see Tarod Taylor taking over at some point in the near future. Um, you mean uh, Justin Herbert? Sorry, Justin Herbert taking over for Tarod Taylor Yeah, at some point in the near future. Um, there was just... The offense lacked explosiveness. Uh, they have a ton of weapons on the outside um, between Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, uh, Austin Eckler. Yeah. And yet the offense was stagnant. Um, and that's a dominating defense. And that's why they won. Because Joe Burrow looked good, but he was against, I would say, a top five NFL defense in this, in, I almost said the San Diego Chargers, in the LA Chargers. In the LA Chargers. And, yeah. and so. You know, a rookie quarterback making his first career NFL start against a top five defense, it makes sense to me why they didn't score enough points to win, even though they came damn close to. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Randy Bullock shanking the field goal and, and injuring himself in the process. The play before that, Joe Burrow threw a touchdown pass to A.J. Green yeah. that got called back for a correct call, but a very close offensive pass interference call and something where many times four out of ten times they don't throw the flag on that and it would it would have stayed a touchdown even though i had totally agree with the call and think that the official made the right call you see it go uncalled all the time it was it was a good call but it could have just as easily gone uncalled so you're right and and so yeah i mean I, i think the issue that the Chargers should be th- considering is this offense isn't effective enough because that Bengals defense is bad. It was worst in the NFL bad. It yeah. was the Bengals had the number one overall pick in the draft bad. bad. Yeah. And so, although Mike Daniels looked pretty good for the interior rush, boosting that a little bit. But yeah, no, I mean they're they're not a, a prolific. Well, and NFL they lose defense. Melvin Gordon. Uh, uh, the 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 Chargers lose Melvin Gordon, and it seems like they didn't really replace that production. I mean, they had that rookie back who whose name's escaping me at the moment. Yeah, fill in, and he did all right. He did well, and yeah. and Eckler was honestly not at his normal level of productivity. No, but I don't know, man. I, I think the Chargers might find themselves going to Justin Herbert to try and be able to unlock that over-the-top, mid-to-long-range passing a little bit more than it was being executed with Terod Taylor there. Okay. Um, Before or after week four? That's going to be after. I don't think they're anxious to make any changes, especially if they continue to win games. Mm -hmm. Um, But I tell you, if they're one and three... If they're one and four, I wouldn't be shocked to see them by week five or six or even week four. But, but I'm not going to sit here and pick, especially with them sitting at one and zero. Oh. Yeah, I'm not going to be picking that they're going to make the change. All right. Um, another game that I thought was really exciting and worth noting, uh, and I know you might have some commentary on Arizona Cardinals. Yep. Upsetting the Super Bowl losers, but the defending conference champions. Yeah. The San Francisco Giants. Well, um, if you're wondering who won the DeAndre Hopkins trade, it's, it, I mean, it's probably... Um, Cardinals? It's probably the Cardinals, and it's probably most so the quarterback. Kyler Murray. Kyler yeah, Murray, thank I mean, you very much. That was what was escaping me. But yeah, uh, 14 completions to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I almost said DeAndre Gorplons just because we say that so much. But, yeah, I, you have a vertical um, passing offense that pairs well with a lot of the wide receivers that they have. And then you also have Kyler Murray's ability to, uh, to scramble and to, you know, uh, either extend plays or to go on the run. 
Um, it's a hard, it's a hard offensive style to match. We've seen it plenty of times be successful. Uh, so it was a good start for these, for the Cardinals this season. So I'm not going to disagree with you. DeAndre Hopkins is debatably the absolute best receiver in football. I mean, maybe first or second. Fourteen Michael catches. Thomas. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like Michael Thomas is maybe the only other one, and maybe Julio, but Julio is now getting on the older side. Yeah. Um, and Odell Beckham Jr. was considered up to be up in that there, play, but, but he's, he's kind of fallen off. And again, I mean, if he's healthy and really ascends again, maybe AJ Green's back in that conversation. But we're still too, and he's he's at an age, and he's too far from removed from that productivity to be at this point seriously considered in that conversation. So you have one of the first or second best receiver in football and DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins getting traded. But I got to say David Johnson provided almost all of the offense for the Texans this past week. I mean, Will Fuller and De- and David Johnson seemed like the only ones that really showed up. Oh yeah. And he provides a major upgrade to that team. David Johnson does. Uh, in an area that they've been lacking. I mean, I know they have Duke Johnson, who's a good receiving back, but David Johnson does it all. I mean, he could be on the field three downs. And the big reason why that trade was executed from the Texans' point was that they thought feared that with Deshaun Watson getting his hefty extension and the insane extension they had to give to Laramie Tunsil after giving up multiple, multiple, way too much in picks for him... Um, yeah, that they didn't think they had the capital to be paying DeAndre Hopkins what he wants. They were so far apart in talks. Yeah. That being said, you're still right. The Cardinals still won that trade. Yeah. And just the same way that the Rams won the Jalen Ramsey trade, even though they gave up a boatload for him. I mean, and that's the thing, though, is the Texans... Or the Cardinals didn't give up that much for DeAndre Hopkins. Nope. You could have tacked a first-round pick onto what they gave up, and I would have been like, okay, that seems better. That yeah. seems more. But a second-rounder and David Johnson? Yeah. Um, to get a number one target for your uh, for your young quarterback, I, it's already it's already paid dividends in, in getting you the first one of the season. We have one more game I think it's worth mentioning. Uh, you know... The uh, the battle of the goats, as it were. We had Tom Brady facing off against Drew Brees, the Buccaneers against the Saints, the division game. And honestly, we were really hyped for this game, but I almost kind of was found left wanting. And I wonder if the uh, the nostalgia and the rose tinted glasses kind of waited on the expectations because Tom Brady didn't really impress me much in his first game in a Buccaneers uniform. No, he didn't, and I'm not that surprised. Um, I guess in order to talk about the points I want to make, I'm going to need to bring up another game that we wasn't necessarily on the docket, but Cam Newton and the Patriots looked dominant, dominant this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it makes me wonder, again, how much it was Tom Brady yeah. and how much of it is Bill Belichick's system. I yeah. mean, granted, I know they were playing the Dolphins, mm-hmm. but... That offense looked more capable. Yeah. With half of the players opting out of the season yep. and the re- other half of the players having left. You know what I mean? They looked more competent than this Buccaneers offense that, yeah. even though Jameis Winston was throwing 30 interceptions, was also. Pretty good. Was also putting up numbers. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Gronk looked like a decoy out there. Yeah. Um,. A training the dummy. running the running game never got off the ground, despite nope. the fact that they have Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, Lashawn McCoy. I mean, I don't want to point the finger at Bruce Arians because I know he's a heck of a football coach, but I don't know where to point the finger. No, uh, there's there's not. You a... could point it at Tom Brady, but also I'm not going to sit there and go quarterback play was why they lost. The reason they love the Saints is because they didn't look like as good of a football team as the Saints. Yeah, they, I, they, and their defense didn't look, didn't look good, and their offense didn't look good. Also, though, it's the Saints. Yeah, I'm perennially a top four or five football team for the most part under Sean Payton. They had a couple of years that were a little bit of down years, but yeah. you know, so so I think it's going to be interesting to see where they go from here. Um, I think it's going to be fascinating, you know. 
where the Buccaneers finished, I, I still said that I did not see them. I didn't see them winning the division. I could see them sneaking in. I, I think both of these teams do make the playoffs. Maybe I'm still giving Tampa too much credit on their previous accomplishments or the the pedigree of their players as opposed to the results that they will. I mean, they've shown me one game. Mm-hmm. This week they're playing against the Panthers. I think that that's going to be a interesting litmus test. Yes. Especially the Panthers after a really tough loss to the Vegas Raiders. Mm-hmm. If the Buccaneers handle the Panthers, that'll be one thing. If it's a close game, it'll be another thing. If they lose, that's an, you know, that's so, a third thing, yeah. So I think we're going to learn a lot more about this team over the first month of the season. Oh, yeah. And there's a chance that after a month we're sitting there taking them out of the wild card discussion and, and you know, starting to question if Tom Brady's going to even return next year. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to dig too big of a hole because knowing my luck in a month they'll be 4-1 and one and, and I'll be eating crow. Yeah. But uh, they weren't inspiring. No, it didn't inspire much. It was not much. inspiring. No, they could always turn around. Uh, just the only, the only oddball thing I think we have on the docket is uh, Naomi Osaka. Right. Yeah, what a comeback! Hell of a win. Good victory. Uh, gets, uh, I believe it's just her third or fourth major trophy. It's her second U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. Um, Serena, you could argue, is the bigger news. Bowing out in the semifinals. Uh, I think a lot of people were really excited for a Naomi Osaka Serena Williams final, and it's a shame that that didn't happen. And I wonder if Serena is going to get this elusive you know, major that's been, you know, it's now been a few years since she's been able to get it. A little bit of a drop, yeah. And I believe this would give her the most of all time. I think she's right on the cusp there. Yeah, she's very close. um, But Naomi Osaka, fun to watch. I love the social justice work she does. I got to say, it was crazy, though. I mean, we watched it for a little bit. I mean, she didn't even look like she was playing the first set. She has the, like, the poise... And just the ability to look completely unfazed, up, down, no matter what. She's yeah. locked into her uh, her game time mindset. And her craft, yeah. Yeah, and it's so, impressive. Yeah, uh, good for her. You know, it's going to be exciting to see uh, to see where that goes. Also excited, we have the, I guess like 120th or something, U.S. Open coming up. Uh, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, both going to be in that. Let's go. Um, you know, it's good to see the old guard. It's good to see the young guys, Bryson DeChambeau, um, Brooks Kepka, Rory. You know, yeah. I mean, Rory's now no longer one of the young guys, I guess. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Um, so we got a lot of exciting sport coming up. Uh, again, you know, kind of, you know, back to backtracking a little here, but really excited to see over the next week. I mean, we should have a good idea of who's going to be competing for the Stanley Cup. And for the NBA, NBA championship, yeah, uh, our playoff fields are narrowing down in baseball. A couple of teams are—I don't want to say ma- aren't quite mathematically eliminated, but they're they're just about there. Yeah, and so that field's starting to get kind of dwindled. Um, and then we're right about to just this whole European football season's about to explode, about and to this football right season hopefully is about to you know really get into gear. So far, no signs of any COVID te- uh, issues, no signs of any positive tests or transmissions in the NFL. Another thing I really hope we're not eating our words about in a week or two. Yes. So uh, we will see. Um, but yeah, that about wraps it up here for us. Yeah, guys, the, thank uh, you for listening. Uh, thank you for listening. Again, if you want more NFL coverage, we dive into virtually every single game. Our betting picks, the spread, the over-under, I mean, all that fun stuff. Really, really, really dive into all of the NFL matchups on Thursday nights, so keep an eye out for those. We'll be posting them just in time for Thursday night football. You can even have us on while you're watching the first half. Yeah, or put us on for the halftime show. Yeah, uh, definitely want you guys to check that out. Uh, another thing you guys should check out, I know I'm kind of getting a little bit annoying here, but, uh, you know, there's some really good uh, really good food available here in Philly, and oh, yeah. uh, you don't even have to leave your house. No. Uh, we have a couple of fantastic food services that are available. A couple friends of mine, I know they're good. 
I know the food is great. I know the ingredients are top tier. You can take it from us. Um, and first one, our boy Chris, hashtag take Chris boogie boarding. Gotta take Chris uh, boogie boarding. And you can find him at Caddyshack, C-A-D-D-I underscore shack. There they post the pictures of the food look amazing. The menus, they got new stuff coming every day, additions, specials, you know, you looks fantastic. It. And then also Reem's Way, my boy Kareem, uh, R-E-E-M-S underscore way 79. And tell you what, that stuff's awesome. He had some red velvet pancakes. He had Oof. some, yeah, fried chicken and waffles, oh. um, shrimp and grits. You name it, like everything looks so good, mouthwatering, phenomenal. Please check those guys out. Uh, you'd be doing your stomach a favor. Yes. Otherwise, you could find all of our socials at B O T T Podcast. Yep. On Instagram and Twitter, mm-hmm. and you can find our uh, our podcast pretty much anywhere. Yeah. As you know, because you're listening to it right now. Absolutely. So and then... uh, share it with your friends. Yeah. And lastly. Yeah. We got some really cool stickers in. We do have some stickers in. Uh, reach out on the social medias. Yeah, shoot us a message. Drop a comment. We will happily find a way to get it to you, whether yeah, it's well, mail or personal, you know, drop-offs or yeah. whatever we're doing. Yeah. Share it with your Carrier friends, guys. Pigeon. We've got a lot of options. Yeah, we've been working on them. The pigeons haven't been too thrilled, but no. I, I think I'm getting it. They bite a lot, but, uh, but hopefully we can get them whipped into shape. Yeah, so guys, you're the best. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later this week or next. Yeah, have a good one.